Hello everybody and welcome back to Evaluating Modern Theology. We got our second installment coming in today. Now, if I sound a little bit different, it's because I vomited last night. And it was bad. Trust me, it was like an hour of trying to just get that ick out of my gut. I really did. And my throat is all kinds of messed up from the stomach acid hitting me. It was terrible. Now, you might ask, why was I vomiting? Well, in part, because I had to spend all day reading Paul Tillich yesterday and evaluating the garbage. And I made it through a grand total of three pages because every single word this dude says, everything that comes out of his little fingertippies as he's typing it up, is garbage. And we're only like 16 pages into his systematics book, right? I spend a day each week looking at this book and seeing what on earth this guy is getting at. Because he tries to blind you with science, so to speak. Throw in all these highfalutin philosophical terms. He takes forever to actually define them. And then when you actually understand what he's saying, it's a message akin to give up and stop being real Christians. Let's take a look. We're still in the first part of the introduction here, and he has a section called Two Formal Criteria of Every Theology. Really? Hmm. Let's give an example here from this Two Formal Criteria of Every Theology, and I quote, We have used the term ultimate concern without explanation. Why not, Paul? Why can't you just tell me what ultimate concern is before you start bringing it up in your little apologetic here? He writes so densely that every single sentence just begs you to say, What? <laughs> you gotta parse this guy out like you're trying to find a needle in a haystack. What is he actually saying? Well, now he actually gets to it a little bit. Ultimate concern is the abstract translation of the great commandment. The Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. Okay. Uh, okay. You, you want to say that that's your term here. Ultimate concern, first commandment. He's lying, by the way. We'll get into that in a second. But he says... The religious concern is ultimate. It excludes all other concerns from ultimate significance. It makes them preliminary. The ultimate concern is unconditional, independent of any conditions of character, desire, or circumstance. The unconditional concern is total. No part of ourselves or of our world is excluded from it. There is no place to flee from it. The total concern is infinite. No moment of relaxation and rest is possible in the face of a religious concern, which is ultimate, unconditional, total, and infinite. Now, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, okay, he's defining God in the worship of God and faith in God as the ultimate concern. No. That's not what he's saying. In fact, 
he starts pulling out some references to existentialist authors here to try to put a, uh, a nice little spin on what exactly he means. And he starts slowly explaining why theology is supposed to be about the ultimate concern, which is supposed to be about the greatest commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, etc. And why that's actually not the case. He just takes a very long time to explain to you that he's lying. Let's go and look into it here. The word concern points to the existential character of religious experience. We cannot speak adequately of the object of religion without simultaneously removing its character as an object. That which is ultimate concern gives itself only to the attitude of ultimate concern. Hmm. Okay. Well, what does he mean? If you have an object of your theology, an object of religion here, something for you to talk about, well, then you've taken away the character as an object for, for reasons. So he just told you that, oh, this has to be about the greatest commandment in Holy Scripture. But by the way, it's not really about religion and doctrine and stuff. <laughs> He's talking about the ultimate concern, but he just spent 10 pages trashing orthodoxy that effectively addresses the ultimate concern. And here, when he talks about an object of religion being an insufficient thing to talk about, He's rebuffing the notion that you can actually talk about theology in a way that fully addresses the quote-unquote ultimate concern. Why is this important, and why is he putting so many words into this? It is precisely because he wants to destroy what theology actually is and replace it with something he wants it to be. Here's another juicy little quote. This, then, is the first formal criterion of theology. The object of theology is what concerns us ultimately. Only those propositions are theological which deal with their object insofar as it can become a matter of ultimate concern for us. Now, that's the first thing to do in theology. It's the first criteria of that which concerns us Ultimately, okay, you might think about that and go, okay, well, God is the ultimate concern. We need to touch everything by the criteria of what God wants. We need to address who God is, how God interacts with us. Theos, logos, God word. That's what theology literally means. It's the word concerning God and, you know, the things of God. It sounds nice to say it's ultimate concern, but it is a pious-sounding subversion. Paul Tillich is redefining and changing up the criteria for theology in order to castrate theology. Let's continue reading. Theology cannot and should not give judgments about the aesthetic value of an artistic creation about the scientific value of a physical theory or a historical conjecture, about the best methods of medical hearing, 
or social reconstruction about the solution of political and international conflicts. What does that mean? He is saying, in order to get theology out of every aspect of human life, we have to say it's about the ultimate concern. He wants the church butting out of everything the world likes. Get the church out of politics, bioethics. When he says the best methods of medical healing, you got to understand, that's him saying the church should not tell doctors or anybody going to the doctor what they can and can't do. By definition, because it's not of ultimate concern for us, Paul Tillich just gave permission for all these liberal churches to start being pro-abortion. That's what he's doing. He's saying, force the church and all of the theologians out there to retreat from the world instead of being involved with it. In scripture, God owns the entirety of the world. He is incredibly interested in how we conduct our lives, our society, even aesthetics. So much of it. God wants all of you. Really, Paul Tillich, on the other hand, is saying, actually, no, theology should be concerned only with ultimate concern, which means not being concerned about anything else. It's like a weird reverse colonialism. When we read this sentence, the first formal principle of theology, guarding the boundary line between ultimate concern and preliminary concerns, protects theology as well as the cultural realms on the other side of the line. Now that sounds pious, doesn't it? Oh, theology needs to be protected from the world. We need to guard this boundary. But then he says that, well, we need to protect the cultural realms on the other side of the line. This is saying theology should not influence culture, or anybody for that matter. This is him saying, not let us protect sacred doctrine. This is him saying, hey, this is my sinecure. This is my nice office job that I want. You don't get to influence that, Mr. Pop Star, Mr. Political Philosopher, Mr. Biologist. No, I'm not going to mess with you. You can do whatever you want. The church isn't going to bug you. The church isn't going to influence culture or society at all. But you stay away from my nice white-collar job. Paul Tillich is trying to remake theologians in his own image. He wants the theologian to be a fart-sniffing intellectual that talks about existentialism and the ground of all being, and maybe sometimes when he's in church, he talks about Jesus. Maybe. Maybe. Because, after all, <laughs> maybe Jesus just isn't the ultimate concern. Seems to me that his ultimate concern was getting invited to the cocktail parties where all of high society shows up and being recognized as some great theological intellectual. After all, the next paragraphs are virtually meaningless when it comes to the rules he's trying to set up. The only way I can describe what I'm about to read to you is like he's writing the rules down for an RPG. You've selected character class, theologian, here are your abilities. Here is what you get during a certain logic tree of events. Let's just read this. 
There are three possible relations of the preliminary concerns to that which concerns us ultimately. The first is mutual indifference. The second is a relation in which a preliminary concern is elevated to ultimacy. And the third is one in which a preliminary concern becomes the vehicle of the ultimate concern without claiming ultimacy for itself. The first relation is predominant in ordinary life with oscillation between conditional, partial, finite situations and experiences and moments when the question of the ultimate meaning of existence takes hold of us. What? Because of his inability to write things clearly and concisely? You heard the seagulls in the background, right? That's more cogent than what he's writing. Let me try to boil it down for you. Tillich here is making up rules and pretending that they are observations. He is making rules for how theology is conducted and how he wants it to present, but then he acts as though this is how it actually is, because otherwise you're just not doing theology. Duh. Let's look at this part here. Pictures, poems, and music can become objects of theology, not from the point of view of their aesthetic form, but from the point of view of their power of expressing some aspects of that which concerns us ultimately in and through their aesthetic form. What does that mean? It means that Music and aesthetics and art can express something that maybe touches on theology, but he can't forget that he just put a hard border between theology and everything else to where, no, there should be no theological music. Paul Tillich, in saying that there is a hard boundary between theology and other quote-unquote realms in society, has just banned hymns. So he has to kind of let you have permission to still have church. And he's like, well, actually, you can do hymns. Just remember, it's just uh, becoming maybe an object of theology through talking about something tangentially related to it. Now, you might reply, but Mr. Tillich, hymnody is supposed to be all about God. After all, you just said that theology's big object and goal and method here is supposed to be about the greatest commandment. It's supposed to be about loving God with everything we are. So we have hymns to express gratitude. We have hymns to teach doctrine to people that are singing it. We have hymns to express our penitence over our sins. And here is where Mr. Tillich admits that he lied. The question now arises... What is the content of our ultimate concern? What does concern us unconditionally? The answer, obviously, cannot be a special object, not even God. For the first criterion of theology must remain formal and general. If more is to be said about the nature of our ultimate concern, it must be derived from an analysis of the concept, ultimate concern. Our ultimate concern is that which determines our being or not being. Only those statements are theological which deal with their object insofar as it can become a matter of being or not being for us. This is the second formal criterion of theology. Did you get that? The ultimate concern, at first he says, oh, this is, it's all about 
loving God with everything you are, with everything you have, with everything you've got. And then he says, actually, no, it can't be God. Um, God is not the ultimate concern for you. Um, the ultimate concern is being or not being. <laughs> now, Tillich probably hopes that you've never heard of Jean-Paul Sartre before, who wrote a big fat essay in support of existentialism called Being and Nothingness. He's probably also hoping that you've never heard of Heidegger. He's really, really hoping you've never heard of Camus and all these other existentialist thinkers that wanted to put being in essence and language regarding phenomenology into their arguments for everything. For Tillich, that's his real theology. It's existentialism. He says pretty plainly, Nothing can be of ultimate concern for us which does not have the power of threatening and saving our being. Now, of course, the Christian theologian says that's God. So, yes, everything should be concerned with God. He is the great threat and the great savior. He is the one to whom we should entrust ourselves. So let's make theology all about God, not all about being or non-being. But for Tillich, he takes a human concern, a single one of existing or not existing, and turns that into the core of everything. It's topsy-turvy. Rather than being concerned with the actual infinite being, he is concerned with the finite, contingent being, man. So he says, plainly, very plainly here, the second formal criterion of theology does not point to any special content, symbol, or doctrine. Why not? Why not? If God is the one who decides whether or not I am or am not, then I really should get my doctrine correct, period. That should be in the criterion. That should be what your theology points to, the God that saves. Tillich doesn't want that. Again, he is replacing everything with his personal philosophy rather than relying on God's word revealed to us. For Tillich, it is not worth your time, and it is not worthy of being related to theology if it does not fit into, does this have anything to do with being or non-being? He's not concerned with the truth. Now, closing up, you might reply to me, well, pastor, you've said that the Bible isn't worth a warm bucket of spit if it does not pertain to you. That's true, but theology is still about doctrinal content. What does God say? How does God work? What does God do? Who are we in relation to God? Who are the angels? There are still hard truths that come into theology that wouldn't matter to you if it didn't save you, but it would still be true. Theology is all about the truth. Tillich here makes it all relative. In just 15 pages of his introduction, he has done his darndest to abolish the Christian faith into irrelevancy. And I don't like it. It's bad. Now, unfortunately, my throat hurts. I still got a little bit of the burns from the stomach acid, so I'm going to have to cut this short. 
We will get into more of this because he spends forever trying to redefine and then re-qualify how theology is supposed to work. We will get a little bit more into that and eventually we will get into his actual quote-unquote theology shortly enough. Catch y'all next week for it. Amen and amen.